You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international, and we cover down on all of the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, it is January the 25th. It is Wednesday. It Wednesday. is 2.06 p.m. Boomer's on the board. How you doing, man? I'm awesome. You know what today is, don't you? I do. Play it! Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. <laughs> Guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie. Guess what today is. It's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Every Wednesday, we got to play the Wednesday. camel. There it is, man. So, hey, congratulations, everybody. You just made it halfway through the week. You're halfway to fry yay. So, um, yeah, camel day. Big doings here on Right Side Radio when it's camel day. That's like one of our favorites. Um, all right, we got a live show for you. We got all kinds of stuff. So at 3 o'clock today, a friend of mine, Ryan Cantrell, who is now the National Director of Government Affairs for the American Federation for Children. That's a lot of, that's a lot of syllables and vowels. But um, he, is a, he is a school choice advocate at a national level. We met Montgomery years ago. He's going to be on at 3 o'clock today. This is school choice week, if you haven't heard. And whether we're going to see any true measure of school choice in the legislature this year remains to be seen. But we are hearing more chatter. So Ryan Cantrell will be on at 3 p.m. to talk about that from the national perspective and what he sees in Alabama. And then at 4 o'clock today, it's Wednesday. It's not just Camel Day. It's also Grand Council Day. So, yeah, the Grand Council today with a substitute for Dale Jackson. We got Yaffe and Jeff Poor coming on at 4 o'clock, ping each other with questions, and then see how we do. Uh, the Grand Council, 4 o'clock. And then I've got a full triple dipper, so hit it, dude. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, school choice is a choice. It kind of sounds like common sense, but yet the reality is this. There will never be a measure of school choice in this state that is worth its salt unless the legislature makes the choice to go after it. It's going to have to be a determined effort on their part. The teachers' union is going to fight it tooth and nail. They're going to have to have your backing, by the way, to get this. School choice is a choice, and if we want it here, it's going to take voices, it's going to take action, and we need it. Number two on the Triple Dipper, the war on gender. Good gosh. I mean, for the love. How, at what point are we not going to just go ahead and recognize that this is not just People wanting to know their own truth. People wanting to have their own say. No, this is a war on gender. If they can tear down gender, they can tear down anything. If they can tell you that biologically speaking, a man can be a woman, then they can tell you anything. So it's the war on gender, number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three, I began to see some things this morning as I was resourcing the show. And I've got number three labeled as policy matters. It's a spin. It's a play on words. Policy does matter, but we're going to talk about policy matters. Yeah, you get it? But the reality is this. Policy may not be law, but policy does create issues. Policy also creates people's 
feelings that they can pursue things that they never would have been allowed to pursue otherwise. Policy matters. And we're going to talk about that, and I'll give you some examples. Number three on the Triple Dipper. All right, that's, I mean, man, that's a lot. I mean, I'm just saying. But, um, but I tell you what, let me jump over to my comments now, my opening monologue. And, and those of y'all that are new to the show, uh, every day, uh, welcome, by the way. Every day we start the show after introing what the show is going to include, we also head into my monologue. I do this every day. We call it the right side way. Today, I got to start off by saying this. There's an old saying that hard times create strong men and strong men create good times and good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. I believe that statement rings true, really. It's a statement that talks about the cycles of culture, any culture, and it shows that people will rise to their circumstances and that when we go through hard times, we focus on what's really important, really true. And then by doing so, the cultural character is strengthened. But when times are easy, people get soft. They lose focus, and too often they begin to major in the minors by focusing their energies on things that don't build good character. And that creates more hard times, and the cycle starts over. Unfortunately, I believe that we're seeing so much in our current battles against woke culture here that I believe it's evident that we as a nation, as a culture, have apparently had it too easy. How far into the cycle we are right now, I don't know. But I believe what we are seeing right now with all the woke policies and woke efforts and woke transitions and wokeness in general that are being perpetrated on us as a culture is that we as a culture have apparently had it too easy. And as a result, too many have lost their focus. Trivial matters have become the order of the day. Now, I have a friend who many years ago took a trip to the former Soviet Union. It was the era of glasnost in which the Iron Curtain was starting to fall, but there was still an air of secrecy and difficulty, especially for Christians. My friend told me that while he was there, he met with members of an underground church. And while he was with them, he was, he was you know, ministering and doing what he could. He told one lady there, in America, we're praying for you. And her response was shocking, and I've never forgotten it. She replied to him, oh, no. We are praying for you in America because you have it too easy. This is from a lady who faced actual persecution, actual risk of imprisonment for meeting with others to share a faith-based experience. But see, she knew the secret. It was their shared risk. It was the hard times that they were in that grew their character and strengthened their faith. And that lady knew that if we have it too easy here in America, that even our faith can slide as we lose focus and start majoring in the minors. That whole thing reminds me of another experience. So in Afghanistan at the start of the war, I lived among the Afghan people of the northern provinces. I was not on a base. I lived actually among the people. Over time, as I grew used to some of what I was seeing and interacting with every day, I began to notice more and more details. You know, one of those details was how many mud brick houses in the more rural areas had whole walls that were covered in what looked like, I don't know, mud patties. Now, keep in mind that mud brick houses were already an indication that you were among the poorest of the poor. Anyone can make mud bricks and build a wall, but if you had money, you paid for fired bricks that were baked in a kiln, and unlike mud bricks, the fired bricks could last forever. So very often on the side walls of a dilapidated dwelling made out of mud bricks, I would see these patties. They look like Frisbees made out of mud. They were about that size, about the size of a Frisbee or a dinner plate, and they lined the walls, and usually on the sunny side of the building. They were stuck in row after row, sometimes dozens of these dried-out patties all stuck to a wall. So one day I asked one of my interpreters about them, and he said, oh, sir, those are toppy. Toppy, as I came to understand, is animal dung that's been collected, mashed, stomped on to make it uniform in consistency, to add straw to it to give it body. They pat it out into flat discs, and they stick it on the walls to dry. In the colder months, toppy is burned in their homes for heat. 
Stoves burned toffee for cooking. There were people who actually made toffee patties and sold them for food money or traded them for other things they needed. We're talking about trading dung. We're talking about burning dung in your house to cook. Now, on the one hand, we would use the idea while we were there as a joke. Sometimes we call each other toppy heads or complain that the food was nothing but toppy on a plate. But the reality of what toppy was struck me and stuck with me for all these years. These are people who know of no other means to cook or provide heat than to hand collect animal waste, dry it out in the sun, and burn it for fuel. Now, just yesterday, I presented a story on the show about a researcher in England who declared that people who bring cake to the office for their coworkers are actually causing harm. Now, cake is a woke issue, it appears. Mm. Today, I ran across a story in which a state attorney general is taking action about a drag queen presentation at a middle school breakfast that parents were not apprised of in advance. When did it become okay to circumvent parents on issues, any issues? Mm. I have another story of a 10-year-old or 11-year-old who has allegedly been a transgender activist since he was just five, and he's moving to another state to get away from so-called transphobics in his community. Let me suggest this. It's his activist mother that has made him an activist since he was five years old. And by the way, 11-year-olds don't move themselves across state lines. Mm. So in a country where they burn toppy for heat, they major on the majors. In a country where they burn toppy for heat, they would love to have some of the extra cake that people in our country take to their coworkers. But in a country where it's become commonplace for small children to be seen as hero activists telling the world that boys can be girls, well, that's a classic case of majoring in the minors because we have apparently become so culturally soft that we no longer see the need to major on the majors. The signs of the times are everywhere. And yes, there is resistance to wokeisms, and I'm glad this show has a chance to provide some air cover to those who want to push back on it all. But make no mistake. The underlying thread is not just the agendas of this group or that group or who got elected or whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop's ever going to see the light of day or whether we can get to net zero emissions by 2035 or whether they can ever convince us that eating bugs is as good as eating bacon or that cow flatulence has to be stopped. See, those are all symptoms. Those are wokenesses. Those are minors. Those are just symptoms of a larger problem. Symptoms that clearly indicate that that sweet lady in the underground church in the Soviet Union was right, that perhaps in America we've got it too easy. And because we've got it too easy, it creates soft or weak people. People who choose to major in the minors and create solutions for problems that they invent. Now, I personally don't want to see us get to the point that says that we've gone so far that we've entered into that part of the cycle of culture where good times have created weak men and weak men are now creating hard times. We need more people who are strong enough in character to tell all the toppy heads to quit majoring in the minors. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. There you have it. There's your new phrase, toppy heads. I'm just telling you. But, but think about it. Can you imagine? We, we've got so much to be thankful here. But at the same time, our culture has gotten so soft that we can do things like say that bringing cake to work threatens people or that 11-year-olds can be trans activists? No. At that point, literally, I'm not sure that we're better off than the people who are burning toppy to heat their homes. Just saying. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. I am. Uh, <laughs> I got some awesome text messages already flooding in. By the way, if you want to text in, the text lines are indeed open. The number here, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. That's the call-in and text-in number for both. Uh, <laughs> Boomer, have you seen some of these text messages? I was oh, right. Through. I know. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah. So like, One of them cracked us up, for sure. Oh, several of them did crack me up. Um <laughs> I got uh, I got one uh, Bob from Decatur. It's Camel Days. He wants to know if Kamala Harris <laughs> <laughs> has anything to do with the name. And, and I, anyway, big laughter for that. Raven from Russellville. He texts in and goes, "Cow flatulence? How about human flatulence?" And I said, "Especially in this studio." And he said, "Mandatory gas mask." <laughs> so, uh, James from Owens Crossroads. Um, wow, where was it? I just lost my spot. Uh, anyway, he says, "Keep up the good work." And he also has. Um, uh, some things about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion being the antithesis of what Dr. Martin Luther King stood for. Yes, sir, I agree. Um, Gary's from Athens. Uh, uh, by the way, this is cool. So remember we had that thing, Boomer, uh, a few weeks ago. We had um, um, Annette Funderburg. She's the, the, the president of Ingram State, where they, they educate yeah. prisoners. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was an awesome story. Yeah, well, Gary from Athens is the one who connected after the show, and he said that um, he was— uh, um, he was listening to the show, heard that whole thing about how they put people to work and get them back into society. And his company was willing to take some of those and employ them right away. He already he told me on the text line he connected with them after the show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that, man. That's man. huge. That's why we do this stuff. Absolutely. Um, Chappie from Madison says, uh, Phil, great monologue. I'm old enough to remember when absolutes were challenged in our schools. Bible reading and prayer were removed and the church was relatively silent the entire time. And he asked the questions, in what ways do you think the church is positioning itself, herself, it says, today to avoid the same type of malady with regards to woke culture? Well, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, Chappie, there are times when I get, um, I get bummed by churches not speaking up, but I just had a great conversation the other day um, with a very well-known uh, black pastor uh, here in the state. And, and he said, Phil, I've decided I can't sit silent anymore. And, um, and we talked about some issues that he's just very in tune with. And, um, and he said, I, I, you know what? He said, I can encourage people on the side. He said, I think it's time to get out there and put my name on it. And, and I, just, I, don't, I love that. So, Chappie, I guess to encourage you, yeah, too often the church sits by the wayside. They think that, you know, they're supposed to be the, uh, um, as opposed to the uh, Good Samaritan, they act more like the, the, the Pharisees who walk on the far side of the road to avoid the conflict. And we need them to get their hands dirty. And uh, so I'm hoping that we're going to see more and more of that because the church has to speak out. Great, great text, Chappie. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs. <laughs> he says, well, Toppy is a good co-word to go along with jackassery. <laughs> he says, it's safe to mumble Toppy in a woke conversation. They won't know what it is. A uh, bunch, bunch of Toppy heads. Uh, Jeremy from, Huntsville, uh, Jeremy from uh, Huntsville just says, great, great wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jeremy. Thank you. And then here's a cool one. Boom shakalaka. So every day, you know, Just Love Coffee has been with us almost the entire time the show has been on the air. I do, a, I do a kind of a readout for them at some point. They also have their ads running. Um, Travis, who runs Just Love Coffee at both locations in Huntsville, uh, I just texted him to let him know that Mike from Huntsville texted in and said he, he went to the Huntsville location of Just Love Coffee after I did the thing yesterday about being a hero at work. And loaded up on barista. You see the picture there? Oh wow! I mean, loaded up barista loaded up boxes, on barista boxes, and, and, and muffins. Yeah, all I mean, kinds, all of, kinds stuff. of stuff. Cookies, pastries, Looks like pastry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm officially hungry wow. now. Wow. But anyway, that, that is good. that is just cool. That's that's a clear that's indication really cool. that that folks respond to what we're saying on here uh, in favorably, and they and they appreciate it when there are other businesses that support the mission of Right Side. And I, so thank you, yes. Mike from Huntsville, That's for letting awesome. us know. That is way cool. Um, all right, hey, plenty of stuff, plenty, plenty, plenty of stuff to cover down on today. Not the least of which is going to be the first topic we're going to hit in the uh, the Triple Dipper School Choice. I've titled this next section we're going to get into here in a minute called School Choice is a Choice. Now there is. There's more rumbling, I guess, this year than I've heard in recent years. And when I say that, I'm talking about the unsolicited statements being made by legislators and leaders around the state about school choice being more viable this year. Now, the question I have is, what does that mean? Well, we've been talking about it. We're going to do something. Whoop, whoop. And on a scale of one to 10, here's a two. No, we don't want that. We want something that's meaningful, something that's going to help our kids who are trapped in a failing school merely because of their zip code and their parents don't have the ability to move them somewhere. And I'm going to tell you, by the way, when we get back about a state that literally just yesterday became the new leader in school choice here in the nation. The governor signed a new bill and it just basically is a complete revision of how education should be looked at in their state. And I'm wondering, are we going to get there in our state? Because folks, when you're last in the nation, There's nowhere to go but up. And when you're last in the nation, but you keep doing the same things over and over again, it clearly indicates "Mm, perhaps there's a a problem, all right? And then secondly, you cannot say that money's the issue, which is the first thing that Democrats always say. We don't fund education enough. We fund it more than quite a few other states, and they still rank higher than us. How about that? It must be what we're doing with it, right? All right, folks. Y'all stay tuned. We got plenty more. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. (laughs) 